Amen, amen, amen. Well, that starts next week. Even my son mad. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that starts next week. Today, we're going to do our last Great Expectations message. Is that all right? Wow, I didn't know y'all going to be excited. I like that, though. Look at us growing. Look at us growing. Look at us growing, expecting God's word. Well, I'm excited about that and us getting into it. Just a few things before we begin. I want to thank the Woke Church Think Tank who has been killing it. Um, they have been doing an amazing job. Um, we served last week 108 teachers in our, uh, in our neighborhood at Duckery Strawberry Mansion High School. Strawberry Mansion High School was dubbed the worst high school in America, and um, which is, is just, anyway, who does that? Um, and a duckery in um, William Kelly, which we've been serving for the last eight years. That's the school we're eventually going to do a library for, but we were able to help the teachers not have to come out of their pocket to do supplies that the state should pay for, so we paid for them to get their supplies, of which, <laughs> amen. Amen. So all of you guys who donated supplies, um, thanks for everybody who packaged everything. I saw Ms. V and others down there. Thank Tiffany Gill, uh, uh, Nadia Bennett, all of those who work with our work, Woke Church Think Tank, particularly our educators who brought that up as a need, as something to help practically with our schools in our area. Let's give out a hand praise for them. Um, I don't know if you missed it, but if you missed it, you missed it. The Relationship Summit yesterday was off the map. Amen. Amen. The Relationship Summit. I mean, I mean, I knew we had millennials, but we got a lot of millennials. And I like it. I liked y'all being there because I said, who says millennials are leaving the church? Y'all was up in here in full effect. And I just loved it. And I thank God for your hunger for Jesus. I want to thank uh, Dr. Sarita Lyons and uh, Mark Lyons, who couldn't be there but help organize it. Um, please don't be mad at me. Um, I'm Joe King, uh, Trey Wadsworth. I feel like I'm getting an award and trying to remember everybody. Um, um, uh, 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 Sheeta, uh, Tanya, everybody, just all y'all. If I didn't mention you, forgive me. Uh, sound people, I just really, really appreciated how it went and how responsive it was and how hopeful we were yesterday. And so thank the Lord God one more time for our relationship summit. Excited about that. Another thing I want to... Um, mention is our Diamond Festival. How many of you ready for the Diamond Festival? How many are ready for the Diamond Festival? I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for us to uh, um, do health. Um, we're doing housing. Um, we're also um, doing classes. Um, um, I've been talking to one of our, our, our well-known psychologists here, and they're going to do group therapy, free group therapy, not free to, free to them, but not free to that person. So, uh, we're doing haircuts, natural hair doing that day. We couldn't get the weaves set up. I'm sorry, weave people. So we're not going to have outdoor weaves um, being done that day. But um, we're going to do natural hair that day. Amen. We're going to do haircuts and, uh, for free for them, but we're going to pay those barbers. I'm excited about that. We're doing floaties, jumpies, all of that for the kids. Redoing Duckery's basketball court, face painting, um, housing. We're helping people to learn. So one of our realtors is going to train our community on how to get your finances in order so that you can buy a home. Amen. Because 75% of our neighborhood rents. And so we want to change that narrative. 
here, um, just to give you why that is so important very, very quickly, um, the, one of the reasons why is because property value is massively increasing in this neighborhood. And um, matter of fact, a friend of mine bought a house in 1995 in the neighborhood for about $10,000. Now it's worth $650,000. And so for those who have been generationally renting financially, that's, that's a problem. Somebody, that wasn't what the purpose was. Somebody's like, dang, I wish I'd have bought a house back in the day. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. I, I'm not mad at you. Um, <laughs> I should have got one of them crack houses in the early 90s. Some of y'all, y'all are funny, boy. Lord, this, this is for somebody else. Amen. So, so you could build equity, you know, somewhere else. But um, so, so we're, we're wanting to help in a way where we can partner with some organizations to help people to be able to get financially fit, but not only get financially fit, be prepared to be able to buy a home. Amen. 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 But then guess what we're going to be doing? You know, we're not just going to be doing some natural stuff. You know we got to open up our mouths and not deny Jesus and verbally communicate him to people all day long. We're going to be um, talking about Jesus, encouraging people. But then last but not least, we're also going to be praying for people. We got a lot more other things going on that day, but it's, oh, uh, we're going to be doing fish. We're going to be doing, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And I just learned the other day, I did my first batch in practicing. Amen. So I'm going to be out there on my yakalism. <laughs> out there at the, the Jones, you understand what I'm saying? And I'm gonna flip some burgers and dogs and all of that stuff, and we're gonna have a great day. So all of our grillers and, and fryers, we need you out there. Water ice, we're gonna be out there on tap. Water ice on tap, so let's get it going, and we're gonna enjoy ourselves as we build a relationship with our neighborhood. One of the things we wanna do is put a dent in people saying that the church does not care. We wanna change that narrative. So in light of that, um, we st we're, we're at, the, the event costs 50, uh, it, but it's actually a little more than that. Um, um, Disha did the numbers and some, some of the things that you, some of y'all threw in. Now, you see, y'all threw in more stuff to do. So since y'all threw in more stuff to do, it costs more cheddar nations. Amen. So what, what I need y'all to do, you know we don't do a bunch of offerings, but can you give more above your normal giving? If you already give, giving, um, give. We're at 32 of that. I think it'll be closer to 60. So if you could continue giving, uh, we want to be able to tell you to stop giving, um, but can you get us to that point by giving? And in Jesus' mighty name. So if you haven't given, give, give, give. Um, don't, if, if you want the people to talk about what the church don't do, and then you get an opportunity to help the church to do something, but you haven't give, I want you to pray about doing something to help the church do what we're actually going to do. And if you've been here long enough, we put money where we say we're going to put it. Somebody should say amen real loud. Amen. So let's get to work. So we need some more resources. So will you help? Somebody say, will you help? The God loves a cheerful giver. So pray. I, don't, don't make a decision until you pray. Just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, uh, not should I give more? That's not that. Can I give more and give me the ability to do that? Uh, and, and, and again, uh, 500 people giving $100 is $50,000. So if, 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 if 500 people decide, you know what I'm saying? Because um, we hit the 800 mark, so 500 people decide they're going to give, uh, you know, 200, hallelujah, plat out, we on a whole nother level, and the outreach going to be tricked out now, it's not just going to be an outreach, it's going to be pimp my outreach, you understand know what, <laughs> what I'm saying, so it's going to be a whole nother outreach, it's going to be crazy, you understand know what, what I'm saying, so some of y'all that went past you, I'm sorry, um, I know nobody watch MTV no more, my bad. All right, last but not least, Frequency Conference is coming up, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts. We are expecting a 1,000 people, a thou minimum. We're like, it, last year it was 700. Um, and it, God has exceeded our expectations 
but a conference is usually grow by 10%. It's been growing by probably 50%, 30 to 50%. And so in light of what we're experiencing online, we're probably minimum going to be at 1,000 people. So I'm telling my loving epiphany people, register now why it's $99. We're going to be talking about justice. We're going to be talking about race. And we're going to talk about the equal human dignity of all people and how the gospel shapes that. I'm telling you right now, you, do, you thought last year was the joint, you ain't one mess. This one is going to be on steroids. And I can't wait to see the ministry that comes out of this in our communities and across the country. So we got leaders coming from everywhere. So register. Go to thrivingfrequency.org so that you can register. All right. I did what, what I was supposed to do. Now I'm going to do more of what I, I, want, I, 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 I want us to dig on in to this text now. Somebody say amen. Stand to your feet. It's time for the word. Okay, I'm going to do that one more again. It's time for the word. I'm going to do that one more again. It's time for the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's dig in. Last sermon, great, great, great Expectations, John 6, 1 through 15. Uh, let's read together on three. One, two, three, go. Amen, amen, amen. This last message in our series on greater expectations, I want to talk about how to get more out of very little. How to get more out of very little. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. Did you know that God is able to bring more out of very little? Turn to somebody else. They're not feeling you. Say neighbor. I don't know about the person behind me, but did you know that God is able to make more out of little? You ought to give him a shout of praise.
Amen, 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 amen. Father, we thank you for more. Yet the test is with a little. God, teach us the secret of expecting. Help us to be ferocious expectors that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all we actually ask or think. Work in our midst. Expand our capacity to see you more clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody agree that's it? Amen. 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 You may be seated. How many of you all like soul food? Hand up real high. How many of y'all like soul food? Some of y'all ain't got your hands up. Okay. They're my vegans and things like that. They got vegan cheese. Man, some stuff you just need to just have. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I'm sorry, vegan and glutens and everybody. Um, You know, I'm sorry. You know, I'm I'm, I'm on my little situation, too. I'm trying to lose 50. So so I'm trying to lose 50 so I can get back to to, to my, you know what I'm saying, my situation, you know, (laughs) <laughs> wife weight. You understand what I'm saying? So, so you know, you know what I'm saying? So, if you see me dropping, you understand what I'm saying? It's for the lady right here in the front. Amen. 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 And so, um, how many of y'all like barbecue, though? Wow. Everybody hand went up on that one. Everybody hand went on that one. That's, both of those are cross-ethnic, multi-ethnic things that everybody should like. Amen. <laughs> That's what we meet. We can meet around some greens and some ribs. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel God already. <laughs> but a lot of people don't know where those came from. A lot of people don't know that soul food came from slaves. Slaves got the, the worst portions of the meats in in their mind, they're looking like, what in the world can I do with this? And so being in difficult circumstances always comes out innovation and ingenuity. And so in the midst of these slaves getting the scraps, they began to learn methods of making things that most people wouldn't eat be the main course delicacy that people would want to eat. In other words, they didn't let their slavery make them starve to death. In other words, they utilized the situation that they were in to maximize what they had in their possession. As a matter of fact, whether you know it or not, barbecue comes from slavery. Actually, a lot of slavery, slaves in Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee got the shoulders and the butts of the pig and the, and, and the, and the, and the, and the uh, cow, which were the tougher portions. And what they would do is most people wouldn't want these portions because these are the portions that the animal uses the most. But they learned a method called smoking. And they put it on low and slow so that that which was hard and unedible was able through low smoking over time to break down the fibers of the meat to make it edible. But it would not have happened unless they were put in a situation where they had to learn how to make the most out of what was laid in their lap. Let me explain something to you. Never underestimate what God puts in your lap. You you, you don't know what in the world can come out of that. You can't go into any city. As a matter of fact, where you wouldn't see a soul food restaurant or, or a barbecue restaurant. Matter of fact, they got whole TV. There wouldn't be a TV network if it wasn't for cooking slaves. 
There are things that only happen when God sets you up with giving you substandard stuff that he wants to use in the midst of your life to make it not low shelf but high shelf stuff. And, 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 and you, you, I don't know, I don't care who you are and what kind of situation you're in, never underestimate where God puts you and what he gives you. Now, let me say something, let me say that again. Never underestimate where God puts you and what God gives you because if he's present with you, where you are and what you have is more because he's there, not because it is there. Y'all don't know when to shout. I'm glad that my circumstances don't dictate the work of God in my life. I'm glad that the resources that are in my hands are, are, are not dictated merely by my work ethic. But because I have a God that's with me and that's looking out for me and that's taking care of me and that's providentially and sovereignly overlooking my circumstances and our circumstances, we are able to experience great expectations. So this brings me here to our first point. If you're going to see how to get more out of very little, number one, you got to recognize that this is what God does. God tests our heart expectations. Let me say that again. Jesus loves to test our heart <laughs> expectations. Oh, my goodness. So... Jesus Christ, the other synoptics, lay this out real beautifully. Um, and all of them put them, this situation in, in a succession of events, but in a different place. And others put this after um, they were sent out two by two, and they come back and they were tired from their ministry. And Jesus had been doing a bunch of healings, and he was tired from his ministry. And so Jesus was with his disciples trying to get some rest. And so here in the text, it lays out this beautiful idea of what God does when he works a miracle, not in our situation, but in our hearts. He says, after this, verse one, it says, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee or Tiberias. I, I want to give something for free here for, for those who are skeptics about the scripture. See, the reason why this is beautiful, this is almost parenthetical where it says or Tiberius, because at this time the name of the river was changed, the name of the sea was changed, and that's a historical fact. And it's funny that if anybody wrote the Bible on their own in later dates, they wouldn't have wrote something so minuscule at a particular time when it was historically changed. That was just for free, just to let you know that God is sovereign and he's crazy at his work the way he leaves you a note that the Bible hasn't been touched by man, but it's been touched by him. Anyway, back to the sermon. It says, after this, they crossed the sea. So they tired. Jesus getting the boat. Jesus was cool, y'all. I just got to let you know, he was like culturally cool. You, this is the only dude that stand at the edge of a boat and drop science on you. You know what I'm saying? While the boat moving, dude's rowing and carrying on, and he's backing up. He's saying, yeah, let me let you know. And he hitting you up. He emceeing that thing and rocking it down, and the crowds are on the side, and you know, and you know, they're going like this, and, and Jesus is rocking the mic real hard as his, that, that, y'all got to understand the picture, the sun in the background, and it's setting, and it's on the water, and he going back. It just fly, right? <laughs> so Jesus Christ is going to rest. So Jesus Christ, boom, goes up to a mountain. This is what I like about this. It says, it says a huge crowd was following him. I'm going to come back to that. Because they saw the signs that he was performing by healing the sick. So, so what had happened is, is the, the crowd runs around the, 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 the Sea of Galilee. 
Now, 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 can you imagine running around a sea? Jesus gets to the other side, goes up in the mountain, and, wh and what I like next is going to talk about him being with his disciples. But look at what it says. It says a huge crowd. Statistically, this is what scholars believe, is 5,000 men, maybe. All together is probably 20,000 men and women. All together. And children. 20,000 people. Who has ever had these type of people running after them? I mean, Michael Jackson <laughs> didn't have 20,000 people on foot, some barefoot, some with sandals on. They didn't have Reeboks and Nike running shoes back then. You understand what I'm saying? No sweatsuits. These people got tunics, people holding dresses, and they galloping, going across the other side to see Jesus, and got a baby on their back and running. <laughs> I mean, so you got to get the picture of their seeming intensity. But somebody say, follow him. It's interesting that the, it's interesting that the text says, that a huge crowd was following him. In Johannine literature, John, that is, utilizes this euphemism or idiomatic expression to express discipleship. So, so, so whenever he uses following him, he's talking about discipleship. Now, in their culture, they had disciples were called Tamids or Talmudim. And so what would happen is, is as the rabbi is walking down the street, like, just imagine a dude walking down Diamond Street with his iPhone out going like this. Or, 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 or a lady walking down the street. And like a crew of people behind him, an entourage, watching how they walk and they're mimicking how they look. In other words, they want to do everything like their disciple maker. So they appear many times to mimic what the disciple maker is doing so that they can appear to be their disciple. But what happens is, is that Jesus... Uh, doesn't just want people to mimic him externally. He wants them to be changed by him internally. Oh, y'all not going to talk back. It's funny here. It lets you know what type of followers these were because it says they were following him because of the miracles that he did. In other words, the only reason they were following him was they wanted his hand, but they didn't want his heart. They wanted his hand, but they didn't want his face. In other words, they wanted what he could do. They didn't want him. Isn't it sad, though, at many times in our lives, we want what God can do, but we don't want God himself. See, listen, the, the challenge with just following God for what he can do is when he's not doing what you want, you become a fair weather follower. In other words, you only follow him to get stuff, not because you want to be with him. Oh, help me today. One of the things I'm convicted about is this reality and idea that my prayers sometimes are filled with supplications and petitions, but very little lingering language. We, we, oh, help me today. Um, I, 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 we, we need to be in a place as the people of God where we want to be with God, not just ask stuff of God. Now, we're supposed to ask him, but... It's supposed to be mixed with just being there. Let me tell you for free why some of y'all are dissatisfied with your time in prayer and with your time in the word. is because you're only there to get something, not to be with someone. See, that ain't no amen stuff. Because if I'd have told you, if you spend time with God, $5 million is coming, you'd have been shouting. But I said, be with him, and it made you sad. 
Listen, 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 listen. How do I know this? Look further in the text at the beauty of, what, of what's being said. Because as you look in the text and you look at what he's saying, it says, Jesus went up a mountain and sat down there with his disciples. I like that. He was like, everybody else, they chasing me for what I can do for them. But I'm going to sit down and chill with those who just want to be with me. Oh, help me today. In other words, can you, I, I don't know about you, but Jesus says, come here, let's go where we can be alone. Sit down and just be together. Oh, man, you don't know when to praise God. That's the, that, God bids us every time we pray, be with me. God, every time, listen, listen, some of your stuff will be changed in your life if you'll just enjoy his presence. I'm telling you right now, his presence, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I'm just letting you know right now that if you would learn how to be still and just know that he is God and you learn how to sit still and wait patiently on him, if you learn how to just soak in his presence and enjoy yourself, you'll have greater experience. The miracle is that we get to be with him. That's the miracle. I, I just noticed little things like that. He, he took them up to a secluded place to pray, right? <laughs> it said the Passover, a, the Jewish Passover or a Jewish festival was near. Jesus was falling back from it because he's like, I'm, I'm the Passover. So Hebrew Israelites say he went to every Passover. No, he didn't. He's up here in the mountains with his disciples, and then 20,000 people running after him. Okay? So look at what it says. It says, so I love this part right here. I love this. It says, so when Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd. Now, he tired. Now, I don't know about you, but you ever had somebody bothering you when you're tired? Oh, y'all not going to be real with me today. Now, you got to understand, Jesus tired because he was human. 100% God, 100% man. He wasn't like using deity to give him like energy drinks, okay? He, he set aside the independent use of his attributes and lived in his humanity even though he was fully God. They were still one person but united forever, but he didn't utilize his attributes as a way to cheat being human. Help me today. So he was tired. His disciples was tired. But this is weird to me because I ain't like this. Now, Jesus in the text said a huge crowd. Now, we're not talking about like one person. You ever been real, real tired, and the person is in front of you, and they just won't stop talking. You're begging them with your eyes, and you're, you're, look, you're trying to look at your phone. You look at your watch, and you're like, God, get me out of this now. You ask somebody over your house, and they can't take a hint. You turn the TV off. You turn the pots off. You turn lights off. See, I see some of y'all. Some, some folks don't know how to take it in. But Jesus, 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 come back, y'all. Come back, y'all. Come back, y'all. <laughs> Jesus isn't like that. He's exhausted, and his disciples are. And he saw not one person, 20,000 people. 
coming towards him. Hold on. 20,000. Like, can you imagine the size of the Wells Fargo Center, people coming to you? Or, or can you imagine that many people come? And you tired? And you know they, they're yelling and asking for stuff coming his direction. And, and, and one, one other text says that Jesus felt compassion on them. In his fatigue, he felt compassion on people that wanted what he could give, not him. Jesus was so patient. He's patient with people who want trinkets from him not to be changed by him. He's patient. So I like this part. So he's like, Jesus got jokes. So he says, Philip, because Philip's from Bethesda. This is hood. When you're in somebody else's hood, you ask them where the, where the food spot's at. Right? That, that's what you do, right? So you look at the text. He says, Philip, where will we buy bread so that we can, so that these people can eat? Philip, like, I know this is my neighborhood, but, you know, I mean, even if they were open, they ain't got that many registers, Jesus. I mean, you understand know what I'm saying? 20,000 people coming in the fresh grocer. I don't know about that. I, the Italian market down the street, Jesus, you know, you can get you some scrapple, you understand, because you made all things clean. They got turkey bacon for those who are still under the law, but I'm just saying. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I mean Jesus, I don't know about all that, right? But what's, what's, what's funny about Jesus is Jesus, help me today, asked natural questions with spiritual heart checking items. Help me. Well, what he, what he does is he's, he's, he, said, well, he, said, Philip, he said, Philip, so, so Philip and them go in a frenzy. So as they go in a frenzy, now in Jesus' mind, he's like, y'all been with me. I've done like three miracles already. All right? Number one, I turn water into wine. Y'all see how I roll. You understand what I'm saying? I can take H2O, and turn it into bubbly. I mean, <laughs> supernatural type stuff, right? Boom. He says, a dude come to me. He trying to get me heal his son. I don't even go to the crib. I just say, he good, go home. <laughs> I can stop an illness. You understand what I'm saying? Then there was a dude paralyzed by the pool of Bethesda. He'd been hanging out there for 38 years. I can just tell him, pick up your stuff and walk. He was in this condition for a long time. In other words, I'm able to supersede the supernatural. I'm able to tell death to wait. And I'm able to tell someone that's been in a broken condition for a long time to come out of their condition just by telling them to get up. Now I ask you about something in the natural, about feeding, and you're still thinking naturally. How many times do I have to ask you the same question and you come up with the same solutions? So, so as he's there talking to them and as he's engaging them, he asks you, natural questions because he wants you to see gaps. <clears throat> In other words, he wants you to see how natural the natural is. 
so that you can see the gap between what's not and what needs to happen. Look at verse 6. He asked him, he, I like the way the text says, and he asked this testing him. See, I like this. He said he asked this testing him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Oh, my God. So you mean to tell me when Jesus asks you questions, he's already determined what he's going to do, but he wants to let you know that the miracle is more about your heart than what I'm going to give you. And so, so, so listen, 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 that's why you have to be careful of trusting miracles, not the Messiah. Because the only way for miracles to happen is through the Messiah. But what he's doing is he's working on how upgraded your heart has been by his presence. And if your heart hasn't been upgraded by his presence, then you'll only continue to look in the natural. How many times God got to come through for you and you doubt him still? How many times has he got to give you a breakthrough and you still frustrated with him? How many times does he have to open doors and you act like he ain't never done nothing for you? How many times does he have to come through and be a way maker and you still acting like he is not a good God and he loves you and wants to come through? How many times? How many times? How many times? What's powerful about this? What's powerful about this? This whole thing is about intimacy. You know why? John's the different disciple. He's the artsy, you know, like heart dude. See, Matthew is the militant dude. He's militant. He's the one, he's power to the peace fist up type dude. He wants nationalism. He, he's the messianic king dude, so that's what he wrote to do. You know, Mark is the dude, let's get to the point, short book, immediately, boom, we're going to get to the cross quickly. That's Mark. Mark, some of the ladies said, see, you need some females writing a book, because, of, anyway. Um, Luke. Luke is the neatnik doctor that's going to tell you every little detail and everything. But see, John is the one, he's the artsy you know, he's going he's gonna to stand there and look at the painting, and he's going to enjoy the intercontours of it, and he's going to be like, how does this make you feel? See, that's John. That's John. So John, in his gospel, focuses a lot on intimacy. And, and, and as you look at this, he's, 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 wanting, he's wanting God's people. That doesn't mean either one of them are wrong. They're, 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 they're different sides of the same coin. But, but what's beautiful about what, what he's doing here is he's trying to get us to focus, which brings me to my next point. <laughs> Jesus specializes in glorifying himself through small things. Yes. Let, me, let me just ask, oh, God, help me before I shout. Help me today. Look, look, look what happens next. <laughs> Philip, you go Philip, says here in verse 7, Philip answered him, uh, we have 200 denarii, you know, a few days wage, Worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each one, each of them to even have a little. So he's thinking they're trying to figure it out. So he said, man, I counted the money, Jesus. We don't have enough. He knew that before he went and counted the money. Then he says, one of his disciples, Andrew, says Simon Peter's brother, said to him, you know what? There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. So what they did, now you got to understand, the boy wasn't like standing there. 
they had to, all 12 of them rushed out trying to find who had some food on them. So they said, we found, who got food? Who got food? He said, little boy said, I got a little lunch bag. You know what I'm saying? He maybe between, the Bible says, I mean, back 12 and 25 years old. He's like, I got a lunch bag and I got some fishes. That they said it probably was preserved pickled fishes. So it was like sardine ministry. And then he had barley, which was heavy barley, that, that animal feed type bread that's heavy that fills you up and it hits you real hard and makes you not feel hungry anymore. So he said, I got that. They standing there, they ran through the crowd, and as they're doing that and looking at everything, and they said, This God has this. He says, But what we what but what are they for so many? In other words, they are beginning to lay out the fact that, Lord, we don't know how this is going to work out. In other words, we in other words, they're focusing so in the natural that they're forgetting that someone is with them who is supernatural. In other words, we pull out the calculator and we're calculating. We pull out QuickBooks and trying to work it out. We pull out our Excel spreadsheet and we still come to the end of ourselves and you're, still, you're looking for grant money and you're trying to find all of these different things and you can't get the grant and you can't get this and doors keep closing. But it never dawns on you to talk to the supernatural person that's near you who operates outside of the natural even though he already supersized the natural you're still looking in the natural when you have a supernatural God man with you. It's interesting that Jesus Christ beautifully specializes in this. I mean God always does huge things with little things. I mean <coughs> Moses <coughs> says how am I going to tell them about you? He says what you got in your hand? He said, oh, I got this CVS cane I got back by the pharmacy in my hand. He said, throw it down. He said, God, this costs $14.99. <laughs> God, how in the world is a CVS cane going to deliver your people? He says, the problem is you looking at the cane versus the one who told you to throw it down. Oh, y'all not going to talk back to me. You're not going to talk back to me. And judges, and judges, um, Samson takes the jawbone of an ass, a donkey. That's the old school translation. And fought an army with a jawbone, not even like the whole thing, half of it. Y'all ain't going to talk back. <laughs> a young buck, a young buck brought lunch out for his brothers. He's like, what's going on here? He said, this dude cursing Israel, nine feet tall, swole, been fighting for a minute, got all types of weapons around him. He pulling it, cursing God. He said, he said, king, let me holler at the king real quick. He's young and 12 years old. He said, give me a minute with dude. I, I smash him out. Let me, let me explain something to you. Man, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who's, who's taunting the mercies of God? He said, he said, he said, well, he said, if you're going to do it, we'll let you go out there and die. He tried to put on his arm. He said, listen, I don't work like that. He said, that's too much. The God I serve works with a few things. So I'll be back. I'm going down to the river and get five rocks. I got a sling here 
and I'm going to stand in front of him. He said, but hold on. That dude has been fighting all his life. He said, I know, but I want to fight for the Lord, my God. So he goes out, and he's swinging his little sling. He's like, you ready, Goliath? Get your big behind out here right now. And then all of a sudden, he runs, he runs, and Goliath swings at him. He slides under his leg and turns around. And says, it goes slow motion like this. And all of a sudden, he turns around, and he says, whoosh. And it, it is so, this is, duck, Goliath, duck. <laughs> and because he big, linky, and slow, he couldn't bob and weave quick enough. Kadam! Knocks him clean out. David stands on top of him, takes his sword, cuts his head off, and holds it up and said, this is what God does with small how dare you act like God ain't never gave you enough how many things in your life has he multiplied how many ways has he made for you with nothing you don't even remember how we worked it out all you remember is I ate I slept I had on clothes I had shoes on my feet Let me, let me, let me, let me recognize. We got to recognize that God loves to take the thing that people don't focus on and maximize his glory for it. Next point, I'm out your way. Jesus does miracles to deepen our understanding and experience of him. Verse 10. Jesus said, have the people sit down. So they like, sit down, okay. He about to preach. Hey, yo, yo. Everybody sit down, pass it down. 20,000 people, they got to pass that thing down. <laughs> they ain't got no microphone. Pass it down. Sit down, 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 pass it down. All the way down to 20,000 people until everybody sits down, right? <laughs> That's how it happened. <laughs> and so... As he does this, Jesus does something. He says, there's plenty of grass in that place so that they sat down. The men numbered 5,000, 20,000 people in all. Then Jesus took the loaves. Now, you got to understand this. Jesus is not about to operate as God. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. Although he is God and never stopped being God, he laid aside independent use of his attributes so that he wouldn't cheat as a substitutionary atonement for us. So he walked in his humanity. So all he was was a man, God man, but man operating filled with the Holy Spirit. Meaning that he had to walk in faith. Okay. Y'all not looking at me. So Jesus takes the five loaves of bread, holds the basket up in the air. They're like, what is he doing? The disciples are like, what is he doing? I don't know. I mean, I, I ain't been with him that long. I mean, man, we, it's been two years. You know, you better not say nothing. He jammed you up. So he holds, the, he holds the basket up. He said, I thank you, Lord, 
for this food which we are about to receive. The disciple said, did he just say we? It's only five loaves in that basket. How is this we? They're like, man, Jesus be just doing stuff. Gonna have us out here looking reckless, man. Handing out crumbs to people, man. Someone break that piece off and hold it over like this. He, he holds it up. He said, in my name we pray. That's fly that you get to pray in your own name. Amen. It's only five in the basket. <clears throat> but Jesus, by faith, believed that every time he went in the basket, there was going to be more. Yes. You, ain't, you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't walking with me. Um, in other words, he went one loaf, break it, two loaf break it. Three loaf, four loaf, five loaf out of loaves. Reaches his hand back in. There's a loaf in there. There's nothing in there right now. He passes that one. He reaches his hand in there. Another loaf is in there. There's nothing in there. He reaches his hand in there. There's another loaf in there. He kept going. Do you know how tired his hand had to be to doing a miracle of passing out 20,000 loaves of bread? <laughs> By faith, Jesus is used to knowing that God specializes in reaching into nothing. Y'all not going to talk back. And something has to appear. In other words, he said, God, they're hungry. I'm the Messiah. I got work to do, and I got to show them some stuff. And because of that, I'm believing by faith that every time I reach my hand in here, something to your glory is going to come out of there. Some of y'all need to learn how to recognize that God loves it when you pray to him. And you say, God, I don't know how it's going to work out. God, I don't know how it's going to look like, but I'm going to reach my hand. And he kept coming out with stuff. The Bible says, it says in Jesus, after he gave thanks, he says, look what it says. That Jesus took the loaves. And after giving thanks, he distributed them, them to those who were seated. So also with the fish, as much as they wanted. It didn't say as much as they needed. God is not only concerned about your needs, but he is a loving God that wants us to enjoy all things for those who believe and know the truth, and he wants you to not only need have what you need, he also is willing to give you what you want. I'm just preaching what's in the book. Then he says, when they were full, help me today, he says, he told his disciples 
collect the leftovers. He's so fly. He says, after I finish the 20,000, I'm going to take extras out that we're going to set aside as leftovers because we're going to feed 4,000 plus people in the next scene. So we can have a little bit because ain't nobody going to bring nothing that time. Sometimes, he's telling them, in, in life, I'm going to provide when you get there. Sometimes I'll provide with the scraps that I provided from the last miracle to do another miracle when you need it. Oh, help me today. Y'all don't know when to shout. I'm so excited that God specializes in doing more with very few things. Help me today. It says, so they collected the leftovers. That's so fly. So that nothing was wasted. What is it pointing to? Jesus. Jesus is the bread that comes out of heaven. He didn't just want them to have bread to eat. He wanted them to know him. What is this miracle really about? What's this miracle about? Meeting Jesus and him not only meeting your needs, meeting your wants, and you having so much Jesus that you can't even eat them all. You missed your shouting moment. See, see, when your life is saturated with Jesus, you, 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 you have more. All, he, this, is, this is all that he's trying to tell you. He's more than enough. Y'all missed that. He's, he's just trying to tell you, I am more than enough. Some of y'all are struggling with him being enough. But I'm trying to let you know he's more than enough. If you're not experiencing the enoughness of Jesus, you're missing out on the fact that he is telling you and he's trying to help you with the fact that he's more than enough. If you're not married, that's okay. He's more than enough. If you don't have all the money in the bank that you want, guess what? He's more than enough. If you've been stuck in a job that you're frustrated with and you want to be in another situation and you want to be over there, guess what? He's more than enough. If you're sick in your body and it's racking with pain and you don't know what to do, guess what? He's more than enough. If your mind is going crazy and you're having mental challenges and you're about to lose your mind, guess what? I know you know the answer to that already. He's more than enough. If you flunked out of school and your bills are up to here with student loans and you're frustrated because you say, I got student loans and I flunked out. But guess what? Even in your failure, even in your frustrations, even in your brokenness, he is more than enough. I don't know how I'm going to start the business. I don't know how I'm going to make it happen. I don't know how it's all going to work out. But all I know is that he's more than enough. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love the Lord. Oh. All I know is that no matter where you are in your life, no matter what you're dealing with, he is more than enough. Listen, take it to the bank, do it on your neck like this, 
shut it down, turn off your phone, turn off your watch, turn off the TV, turn off the lights, and turn off your functional saviors because he's more than enough. Father.